everyone, and welcome to the first podcast of something we're calling the RPD Dispatch. Thank you, Chris. I am Dot Fifty Cal, also known as John. I am the owner of the Horrors Alive, it's a Resident Evil fan site. Uh, joining me is John, also known as Mr. Spencer on the Horrors Alive forums. Say hello, John. Hello there. And uh, John is uh, a staff member at Project Umbrella, working with uh, Chris, one of our affiliates. Also joining us is Chris uh, Alzair on the Horrors Alive. He's a staff member and 1.5 expert. Say hello, Chris. Hey, guys. So over the last two weeks, we had our members on the podcast play Resident Evil 3, various versions, and uh, we'd like to open up the discussion with that. So um, I guess we'll state which versions we played. Uh, I played the GameCube version. Uh, I checked out the uh, the PSX version, or the, the UK PAL PSX version. And I played the US PlayStation version. So I guess it's easy to say that you two played the worst versions, and uh, meanwhile I was the superior version. Well, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say worst versions. I mean, uh, I was looking at the... The uh, what is it now? The comparison page that you posted once, and I thought the was it the Dreamcast or the GameCube one that looked like the models had no bones in them. Um, actually, it affects the PlayStation One version as well, but you just don't notice it so much because it renders in you know 320 by 240 or something around that. Like, but the thing to look for in the PlayStation version is like the models will have holes appearing through them at various locations, like where the seams would meet well, up in the model. Well, what you don't notice can't harm you, you know? There's no harm in it. You, know, so uh, you don't see it's there, and you're not bothered by it. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, what have you guys thought of it? Of course, the game introduced the uh, dodge mechanic, which, in my opinion, was a complete failure, but, you know, we'll... I think, I think the, 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 the new dodge function is not entirely unwelcome, uh, but it does make the game rather easy in places. For example... You can fight against Nemesis, and for some reason, somehow, some inhumanely possible reason, you can evade rockets. You can dodge rockets, you can dodge punches from Nemesis, you can dodge whatever. All you have to do is just tap your one button or your fire button, and you can dodge any attack in the game. I think it's very, very cheap. It kind of, you know, makes it a bit too easy, in my opinion. Well, uh, you could you could chalk that up to the fact that you played on the easy mode, which uh, might. Well, that, Make that's you a little kind unpopular, of you to say, isn't it? That's kind of you to say. You've just uh, told all of our listeners out there, all six of them, that well, oh, Mr. Spencer played for on easy. He's not played it on well, hard. Well, I played it on hard mode, and it, the game was easy enough for me. And I never purposely used the move; it just happened at random yeah, for me. That's exactly how yeah. it happened with me. But what I want, getting back to what I was saying, like the easy mode has a very you know, simple dodging in effect. Like, uh, yeah, as yeah. long as you have the R1 button held down, you know, you, 99% of the time you'll dodge it automatically. Whereas, also, like, on hard mode, you, you have to hit the button at the right time. It also has, a, you know, an excessive surplus of weapons available to you from the start. You can go to the item box and you'll find, you know, 36 magnum rounds, 50 <laughs> shotgun rounds, uh, 250-plus handgun rounds and it, uh, assault rifle. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, on my playthroughs, I've beaten the game, Jesus, like ten times now, and you know yeah, I went, no I went through on easy, and it was just ridiculous. I didn't even have to pick up any, you know, uh, 
uh, gunpowder or anything. I just survived with, through the whole game with the assault rifle, 300%, and, you know, it took me through the whole game. But to go back to the dodge mechanic, I found that half the time it would screw you up, like, uh, you know, an encounter with zombie dogs, you want to line them up all uh, on the one side of the screen, you know, you don't want one of them hitting you from behind while you're trying to take out the two in the front. But I found mm -hmm. that, you know, it, in situations like that, you try to turn around and shoot them, when you hit the A button, you end up doing it just as they lunge at you, and, you know, then Jill dodges to the side, so that one's behind you, and then there's still two more coming from the front, and it, they just, you know, it, they just gangbang you, for lack of a better term. Right. <laughs> and, uh... That's a very colourful phrase to use there. <laughs> Especially when you're playing as a female character, I might add. Oh, what have yeah. I done? Only great was the impact. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's just pick this back up out of the gutter here. So the Nemesis encounters, you encounter him a total of, jeez, what is it, eight? Eight times in the game? Uh, I think so. So what were your tactics on fighting him, or did you fight him? Did you run away? John? Uh, well, at first I thought, well, you know, I've got a, an excessive amount of weapons here, so I may as well take him on, and I did, and I killed him, one of you. And, uh, you know, I kept moving on. I thought, well, I've got a weapon to do. I've got a firepower. I may as well engage him in every opportunity I get, which is what I did, you know. But, of course, playing through on easy. And, you know, just to add here, just to clarify, I will be playing through it on hard later on. So, you know, I'm not one of those people who just plays it on easy. I will be going through on hard. Back to what I was saying, um, you know, when you're playing it on easy, uh, he doesn't drop any items or pickups. Uh, oh, so yeah. no weapon upgrades, no handgun pickups, no shotgun pickups. Yeah, you missed Not out on. Eat them, but you know. You missed out on one of the best weapons in the game. That western shotgun is. Yeah, the, the Winchester. Fantastic. Yes. So, Chris, what did what did you do? Well, in the one recent playthrough I did, I just mostly avoided him, except for the like two or three times when you actually had to fight him. But in the past, I've you know taken him on, of course. I played the game a long time ago, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised at how, I guess, over the years, you know, I didn't really play the game, and I sort of built up Nemesis as this, you know, this Mr. X-type character, one who will, you know, constantly stalk you. But in, in practice, it's kind of disappointing. He He's sort of limited in the areas he can attack you at. and like Those uh, green doors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it seems he has, a, he has a dislike for green doors, you know, when you enter the uh, mayor building, you know, green door there, and... And yeah, there's like three or four of them. Yeah, it just will not. Like you run through a green door and he never, never follows you. And it, it's always a cheap, cheap thing because half the time you can run for him unless you know you're in a very long and open area. He can, you know. Yeah, he was he was real easy to get away from. Mm -hmm. And and looking back on it, especially after I finished and I noticed how much ammo I had because I like to hoard ammo anyway. Yeah. I could have easily taken him on just about every time and still had tons you know maybe not tons but still had plenty of ammunition left so oh yeah uh especially if you pick up all the you know optional gunpowders and everything yeah which is yeah. what i did for the most part now for me uh i made a point to you know fight nemesis every time and pick up you know all the weapons so i could because simultaneously i'm covering it for the site you know getting the pages up behind the scenes and everything so i need video of practically everything in the in the game video pictures etc and right. um i found i found it quite difficult the first few times i fought him especially you know right after he kills brad in the rpd and 
you have very limited weapons at that point. Um, you have a handgun and a shotgun. So fighting him is very difficult. And the first time, you know, I obviously went for the shotgun. So I, you know, I took him out there. And then inside the RPD, you have to fight him when he jumps through the window to pick up the second pickup. And uh, I found myself running out of ammunition there. And the area where he fights you there is, you know, it's very confined. So when you have right. to fall back onto the handgun man, ammo it's it's you know it's impossible so mm -hmm. what i had to do was i had to load a previous save and take him out once with the handgun you know with at brad and uh then when he gets back up you know because it's a two-stage boss fight fight where he he'll fall down you know start leaking uh purple blood and then get back up and uh you have to take him out again but yeah. uh so the first time I would have to use a handgun, just and it took maybe like thirty rounds till he was finally down. That first time, do you think he would be easier? Like if you, you remember how you made me try, try going in and then going out that gate right after Brad died to see if he followed you out in the street. Uh huh. Did you try taking him out there and seeing if maybe the train was a bit easier for see, taking see, him on? I didn't do that because the area where you fight him there is rather open, so. I think that would be a moot point. Plus, like, you know, once he jumps, once he comes through the RPD gate, he's at full charge, you know. He's coming at you and he'll True. swing. True, yeah. But one of the other things I wanted to bring up was, you know, as as you were fighting him, uh, it was kind of a contradiction, but if he has a rocket launcher, he's a lot easier to fight. And this is because of the fact that he won't grab you and pick you up, you know. And, That's true. And yeah. once he does that, you're pretty, you're, you're screwed, you know. Cause... Yeah, I had trouble. Yeah, because with that. It's, it's the fact that you know uh, when he picks you up, it's very difficult. You, it's very difficult to recover after you've been thrown to the ground. You're, you're mm -hmm. madly, you know, smacking into your, your your controller to get it to work. You know, to whatever. Yeah. To yeah. get up. And if he picks I you got up, me so many times. And if he yeah, picks, and... if he picks you up when you're in caution, you know, you really, really have to hit those buttons in order to get him off you, or else he'll put a tentacle right through your face. Exactly, and then you've got to you know, immediately and... heal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll just kill one, you one shot. I mean, he can just—it's not you know—it's not uncommon to you know be picked up, thrown across the uh, the uh, room or whatever, and then picked up again and then immediately killed. You know, mm -hmm. it's not uncommon for that to happen. Especially I if you're in a tight location, you know, she can't really throw your body very far, and you know, it's it's very unfair. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know Gene on the forums, the selfish Gene. Just give him a shout out there. Uh. He had told me that, you know, flame rounds work great on Nemesis, so I, so I tried that, and, you know, they, they work pretty good, they, you know, because they, um, they sort of linger on his body after the first hit, and, you know, it's Now, here's my, if I can just interrupt you here, I do yeah. apologize, alright? Now, but, correct me if I'm wrong, but, looking back at RE history, it has told us that acid rounds are always the way to go when battling tyrants, you know, the one in Remake, the one in RE1, yeah. uh, Mr. X, for example... And you'd think, logically, you know, Nemesis is based on a tyrant, so therefore yeah, acid rounds must work well on him, but I'm told that they don't. No, in fact, they're the weakest acid round against him. Uh, second weakest would be the flame rounds, and the best thing to use on him is the freeze rounds, because it only oh, takes yeah. takes about six of them to put him down, whereas, you know, flame rounds, they take about eight, eight or nine. So, yeah, and, yeah. and when you're fighting him, it's critical that you get him down... You know as fast as possible uh yeah with those freeze rounds i found it pretty easy yeah and in fact looking back on it 
he he was a lot easier than I expected. The first time I fought him at the clock tower, I was running around trying to get distance to fire. And the last time I finally did it, I just said, screw it. And I just took a few steps, fired two or three rounds. He got stunned for a second. Like, just basically turned, moved just a little bit, then turned back around and fired a couple more until he just kept going down. And it was actually a lot easier than the way I was trying to do it. And, then, uh, you know, I really liked the acid, uh, not acid, but the cold rounds for that. That was pretty useful. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's sort of contradictory, but you don't want to run away from Nemesis. You, you know, just get a good distance, like a medium distance away from him and fire a round or two and then run to, because, run towards his right side or else, you know, he's yeah. just going to run and track you right down. The problem with, uh, you know, with Nemesis is that if you run away, if you get too far away from him, he will run and charge at you. And, you know, he doesn't walk at you, he charges you, and that's a, a lot worse situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. You know. There's like a sweet distance that if you just stay that s uh, same distance away, he won't really be too much of a threat. Well, I, th I did find, like, in the, uh, when I fought him at the RPD at the front there with the handgun... There are times when he would charge me even though I was at medium distance. Like, it was usually just after he missed hitting me, you know, I'd run to his left and then he, he'd miss, but then he'd get, you know, I guess, I assume he'd be pissed and then he'd run at me <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But, uh, generally it worked out pretty good. Um, and I must say, man, that Western shotgun, I really wish that the game allowed you to play through with those weapons from the start. I hate the fact that you'd have to use, like, a Game Shark or an Action Replay, because... Man, that shotgun is just so much fun. Like, the, the rate of fire on that thing is fantastic. Another thing in the game is the, uh, you know, the various parts of the environment that you could shoot that would, you know, you know exploding, barrels, exploding barrels. Um, and in fact, I'm told that even in the, uh, right outside the uh, newspaper office, there's a lamp there that you can target, which I didn't even see, but apparently it's there. And, you know, of course, in the park. First you know, I've heard of it. Yeah, in the pool yeah. in the pool area, there's uh, lights there that you can shoot to set whatever enemies spawn there on on fire and everything. Have you guys, you know, have you really used any of those things besides the barrels when it was obvious to use them? No. Yeah, no, I've used them myself. Yeah, I found it too hard to, in in most cases, especially because they're designed to kind of take out large groups of enemies. But you get these large groups of enemies near them, and it's hard to hit them. Yeah. Except for the barrels, but you know, like those little dynamite packs on the wall, I'd, I'd kind of wait for some a group to of zombies to run by them, and then I start aiming and try to fire at it, and I end up just taking down the first couple of zombies anyway, trying to hit the darn thing. Yeah. And you know, that, at that point, it just seems kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. And another uh, another point, I guess you would say, a bullet point on the back of the box would be the fact that lots of the playthroughs are random. You know, enemy. Enemy placements, you know, different enemies spawning in different areas. Uh, depending on where you go, you know, you'll get uh, yeah. different different item placements even. Uh, not to mention it's, puzzles, uh, of course. It's a lot like the um, it's a lot like the uh, the Blade Runner game. How no two games are the same. Every game is different. Every playthrough, you know, different item placements, different characters in different locations, etc. Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and in some cases, it can. The, the randomness in what enemies you can get can uh, make or break whether you die or not. Like, there was one point where I was in danger and I got through a certain area and John was like, how did you get through there? Didn't those blood-sucking worms get you? And I'm like, I didn't have worms. I had spiders and they were yeah. easier to do dodge. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that, that 
just really makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, a little interesting, but I'd, I'd say it's more to the detriment of the game. Uh, I know the fact they probably did this because you had to you know, beat the game eight times in order to get all the epilogues, which is, I think, probably the most ridiculous requirement for a, you know... Well, it's only something a madman would do, really, to be honest. <laughs> hey, watch it there. But, um... <laughs> oh, I know. But, um... Like I was saying, it's it's more of a detriment, because um, the first time I played through, you know, I had not encountered any, you know, hunter betas or hunter gammas at all. Like, the only time I encountered them was in the hospital when, you know, they're set there. Uh, you know, after I became Jill again, you know, gained control of her and went to the park, there was nothing but, you know, just nothing but zombies all in there. And, you know, that area, of course, you know, there's hunter betas, gammas, blood-sucking leeches, etc. So the game just seemed really, like, shallow on the on the enemies, I guess you could say. But I guess I just got the bad luck of the draw there. Another point I wanted to bring up was kind of the fact that this game was more of a... felt like... It felt undeserving, I guess you could say, of, of a numbered sequel, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the scenario's not, not really new. Uh, it's pretty much some of the same areas we covered in Resident Evil 2. Uh, in fact, the only... I guess the only new information we really learned is that, you know, Raccoon City has indeed been destroyed. Uh... Because, I mean, so what did you guys think of that? Well, I thought that, uh, you know, Raccoon City was this major event. It was a huge, uh, a huge event in the history of Resident Evil. It was a huge, uh, wide-scale uh, event that happened. And you could argue that, you know, it was on such a, a grand scale that it had to be spread out across a couple of games. Like RE2, RE3, you know, it's, it's a whole city we're talking about here. We're not just talking about a mansion or a single building. Mm. We're talking about an entire city uh, with, you know, 10,000 plus people or so, 100,000, whatever. And there's a lot that can happen. A lot can go on there. There's lots of things going on. And, but despite that, I still think it felt more like 2.5 rather than 3. Chris? Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, Especially since I, you know, when I came back after years of playing it and played it the other day, I felt a bit disappointed with it. I'm mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, I used to think, you know, like one through three was always like the best games, but yeah. then I played three again and it felt it felt really short. It felt like there wasn't really a whole lot of necessary information in there. I mean, all it did was pretty much kind of show us what happened to Jill and and Brad, of course. And it just showed us that, you know, Umbrella put soldiers there. You know, it didn't it didn't even really go into like what happened to like the RPD and everything. I mean Yeah. I mean it shows you briefly in the in the introduction, you know, the the cops dying and such, but you know, it just seems like if you were going to have the game be more about the city, it should have been more grand and, and more and, and not necessarily about Jill either, just more like, you know, maybe even like happened before Resident Evil 2 something that could have explained a lot more how the city just kind of fell apart or even so similar to how you know Outbreak for example the Outbreak games how they kind of expand upon uh, ordinary civilians in the city and this may seem like quite an outrageous thing to say but I think that Outbreak the two games of Outbreak kind of contributed more to the the uh, the sheer 
disaster and the scope of what had happened in Raccoon City more. I could than all see did. that, but that's that's another discussion here. But yeah, um, yeah. getting back to RE3 though, uh, I I felt they could have involved more of the older characters. Like, um, sure, Barry's there at the end, and you know, but like Chris, I like most of the stories told through the epilogues, you know, and you. Yeah. Like, why couldn't they involve some of that story more, you know, in the game itself? Yeah, and I think it should have had j just more characters in general. I mean, even if they killed a lot of them off, I think it would have been neat to see more, you know, maybe some RPD officers that were, you know, stranded in the streets somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, or yeah, something. I mean, just, just be far more interactive than turn a corner, see an NPC character run into a pack of zombies, hear the scream, and then they yeah, die. You know, that's, there was yeah, there was there wasn't much life to it. You know, I agree. There's not many characters there aside from Everett McGill and friends. You know, there's, there's very little there. I really would have liked to seen Kendo in this one too. Just, <laughs> just him running through the police station or something. You know, I don't know, trying to help out. Yeah, it's hard to kind of place him because he kind of had his little place in Resident Evil 2 even though I feel he got gypped from 1.5 but he, that's yeah. a different topic obviously. He, he made his stand in his gun shop which has glass that you can just casually... He didn't make a stand he with, just stood there. You can casually walk through the glass stand, of a gun shop. He stand for a few seconds before he was wrestled to the ground and devoured alive. <laughs> humanity. Everywhere I look, I find vacant stairs. All I see is death. So now let's let's bring the discussion to Resident Evil 5, which I'm sure is a hot topic that you guys want to discuss, especially you, Chris. Uh, I know you're not very much of a fan of the, of the game, but... Uh, I'm going to run down some points here that, you know, I've culled from various interviews around the, the internet, and uh, we'll just comment on them. So, the first one, uh, five contains roughly the same number of death scenes as four, but they may need to be toned down for certain countries. So, censorship. Uh, what do you guys think? UK gets shafted again, well, John? Most likely we get shafted with everything else. You know, uh, but that's a, another debate. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember in Army Three, when the hunter, like the, the hunter that decapitates the zombie, that was censored for us. Yeah, they, uh, you the don't head, see the decapitation. Yeah, the head doesn't fall down in, in it, the it US It doesn't version. fall off. No. Uh, however, I don't think Army Four was censored over here. Oh really? Uh, we, you know, we still had the decapitations and things in there, so oh. I don't know. What? And seeing you. Know, Considering that RE5 is going along the same route as RE4, oh, same death sequences, same whatever, same mm -hmm. censorship, same enemies, whatever, <laughs> you know, seeing as they're borrowing, you know, rather extensively from RE4, let's go in and say, oh, fair enough, we'll, you know, we'll have the same censorship or whatever in there. Uh, 
Chris, what do you think? Well, I don't agree with censorship, but that's, you know, up to the countries. But I also don't think that uh, the deaths should be over the top. You know, they should be kind of believable and for, you know, as a, believable as a biohazard title can get. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, myself, I mean, uh, censorship's never good thing. I'm pretty sure, you know, Germany will get, get the shaft in this. Japan, in fact, Biohazard 4, uh, you could not decapitate Ganados. Like, their head would do the, uh, you know, the same sort of uh, effect for blood flying off when you decapitated them, but their head would remain intact, so I'd imagine that the Japanese version would also be censored similar That's to this. That's kind of bizarre, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's... You know, it's, you know we, censorship in a country where crapping on people is considered normal, I mean, <laughs> what kind of logic is that? But not even that, like tying it back into video games, the original Resident Evil was censored in the in the States and complete, yeah. completely uncensored in Japan. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. We've done yeah, it completely backwards now. Yeah. So I, this is, here's the question I pitch to you, okay? Here's the question I pitch. If you can defecate on someone, why can't you decapitate someone? <laughs> that's what I say to the Japanese government. Defecating? Especially since in Japan, you know, cutting off the head of people is kind of... I mean, not, not a good thing nowadays, but back in the day, you know, that's something that they did if they lost honor and such like that so it, it was kind of a common thing so did, did, you know, did, did, did the they also at least that's so what if, I understand uh, so if, uh, if someone if a general failed to do his mission the emperor would take down his trousers and you know defecate on him would that be considered, <laughs> you know, what they did back then as well alright let's let's bring this back here let's, yeah, let's, I think we should. Yeah, yeah, let's go to another point on. here uh, okay. so the next point is uh Takeuchi equates the dog jumping through the window in Resident Evil 1 with the executioner stalking you through the buildings in 5. So what do you think of that, John? Uh, I think it's very reminiscent of um, Mr. X in RE2, how he would uh, walk oh, through point. scripted walls and such. You know, so it's nothing new, and considering that... Uh, um, how do you pronounce this gentleman's name again? Tai Taikuchi, was that something? Takeuchi. Takeuchi, there we go. I'm... I'm never good with Japanese names. <laughs> anyway, um, this uh, he I believe he worked on Ori 2. He as worked producer. He worked on oh, Resident Evil One. He's been there since uh, since the beginning. Since the beginning. Okay, so I'm wrong. Okay, Ori One, but still. Uh, but yeah, uh, we had Mr. X and Ori Two going through scripted walls and etc. etc. So I'm hoping that we'll see more of that in this with the Executioner. Except, given the technology we have access to today it'll be on a greater, grander scale than mm. what we had back in 98. Chris, how do you feel? Well, I think it's, um, I think it's a bad analogy that he, that Takeuchi actually made because, I mean, the only, the only kind of connection I see is like a surprise issue. You might get surprised when the a new guy from Resident Evil 5 comes busting in a wall but the, the dog that jumped through the window in Resident Evil 1 was like a surprise the first time. Yeah. And then the rest of the time you played the game, played through the game and the dog, you knew what the job, the, sorry, you knew the dog was going to jump through the window. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't quite as much of a scare thing. And I think a better analogy would have been like what the, uh, the other John said was like comparing it to Mr. X or, or even Nemesis is he's going to chase you around and, Mm -hmm. He'll come in at certain points and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It makes you wonder why I don't work at Capcom, but <laughs> move on. Alright, uh, next one is, uh, Kawada originally thought that 5 would be an action title, but in his opinion, it's much more of a horror title. Now this, this, uh, this is part of that interview that sort of, you know, gave some of the older fans hope, a lot of hope that, you know, horror would actually be, uh, a major thing in, in 5, you know, 4 we had horror in sparse segments, but, so yeah. what do you guys think? It, it, I think it's, a, it's sort of a heated issue, and... It's very much to your own perspective, I think, because some people may consider something more horror, and whereas somebody else might see the same thing as more of an action thing. For example, like the remake of Dawn of the Dead, a lot of people find the, the concept of those running zombies uh, still horror, but in my opinion, it was just more, far more action than mm -hmm. horror. I mean, it is kind of a scary concept. But I look at it more as too fast-paced to be quite horror. It's more along the line of like a fast-paced action, life or death, as opposed to like cold, scary, you know, creepy horror. Atmosphere, yeah, type of deal. John, what do you think? I agree. Um, I think that horror is should be more about the feeling that the game gives you, the, the sense of horror, rather than you know, fight or flight kind of horror. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I uh, like Chris was saying, Like Chris was saying before about the Ganados who were chasing you. It's like, oh, enemy's coming. Uh, got to kill him. He's got to kill me. Got to kill him. But in RE2, you didn't have that. You had this, this slow, steady gait that would just, you know, you'd walk along slowly and things would jump out and things would happen. But it wasn't, you know, life or death. It was just about a slow ruling struggle for survival rather than right. a slog fest of shooting people and, and, left, right and center. And, and I think one thing that a lot of people don't really do is they don't really put themselves in the place of the character in the game. They're like playing the game from a third person perspective. So when they see these zombies, they get tired of these zombies because they just see them as cannon fodder. Yeah. But if you imagine yourself in that situation and you've got people that were once living but are now obviously dead, decaying, shambling towards you. And, you know, unlike the characters in the game, you're not carrying around a machine gun, a shotgun, and 50,000 rounds of ammunition on you, you know. <laughs> in real life, you might have, like, a crowbar or something at best. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to kind of imagine yourself in the situation and, and, and give yourself the atmosphere. I, I think a lot of people don't really immerse themselves into the game as much as they try to get something out of the game pull some, you know pull things from the game as opposed to putting themselves in the game yeah uh, it's, it's also uh, equivalent to the files you find now, if you look at the files in Ori 1 2 and 3 the files are very uh, well written uh, you see things well to a point like you see uh, the things that have happened and this slow collapse and breakdown of society and these like the Keeper's Diary in RE1, how he steadily regresses into a zombie when he's writing yeah, right, it. Yeah. I, I think, mean, that provides atmosphere. That provides atmosphere. I think, like, and yeah. The, exactly. And you look at the files in RE4, <laughs> and you don't get that. You just get, oh, Leon is coming to the gate, bar the gates, get the villagers there, we'll defend the village, mm -hmm. lol. And it's like... And, and, <laughs> and, the, and a lot of the new files are, like, all technical aspects. It's like exactly. talking about the new virus and such like that or whatever. I it's not it's so much as, you know... A character or a bunch of characters this. detailing what's happening. Uh, uh, like, I don't want to hear about some villagers last stand. I want to hear about a man who slowly regresses into a zombie as he's writing it. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to read. They they missed, in my opinion, they missed a fantastic opportunity to, to get you know the incubate book 
they could have taken segments from that and put it in the game and it would have would have been a much better but to get back to the original question um i'd be more skeptical of uh what the producers and you know the team working on it when they say horror because oh yeah you know over over time you know as four became you know they were saying yeah. that four was going to be about horror you know don't worry there's a lot of action there's a lot of action but don't worry guys there'll be horror for you and really there there really wasn't in my opinion right but um, and i didn't actually end up stating exactly how i feel about resident evil 5 on the topic is i think there need, we need to see more because right now it does look like a lot more gunning and such and they just haven't quite... Sh- if there's going to be a lot of horror elements, they haven't shown us enough of it yeah. yet to make a real judgment. Well, that brings me to a, to a sort of an, the other question here, or a statement, rather. Uh, they say, a scene in the game takes place in a dark environment, which I'm assuming is the cave uh, we've seen in the trailer, where one character will have to hold a light while the other character defends them from enemies. Now, that sounds, sounds kind of interesting to me, but, you know wouldn't exactly call that horror i mean perhaps you could you could equate it with sort of action horror i guess you would say what was that thing you said before about uh how uh, one character would hold a torch to see your way through this cave yeah and the other character would be you know the one carrying the gun and whatever and that raises an interesting question i mean what if you were the person holding the torch and the ai was the character who had to shoot the enemies, so you'd be standing there in the middle of this cave with a torch, and your AI would be randomly <laughs> shooting at walls and running into things, <laughs> while you're getting eaten alive by these, you know, hungry cannibals, or have you? Well, I think I think they'd probably be smart enough to allow you to, you know, you to pick what happens. Well, this is Capcom here, but I'm holding to that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd question its ability to aim the light in the proper direction. Let's just say that. I'd yeah. have to. I'd have to see how that scene kind of plays out because if, if all it is is going to be one character holding the torch and you're still just gunning down a ton of enemies then it's not going to be any different in my opinion than the rest of it so it's just, just going to be something that I'm going to have to see how it plays out. It might, it might be a good opportunity to introduce a new enemy you know one that maybe fears light or can only be damaged when light's you know on it. Like um, like Pitch Black if you've seen that yeah. film. Yeah, Something reminiscent of that where the enemies you know, they fear light, and you got to stay in the light to survive. And in fact, in one of the early trailers, um, when you shot one of the villagers' head inside this cave area, a very large parasite came out of its head, almost centipede-like, you know. And uh, so I guess maybe it could still be villagers, but maybe it's a different kind of uh, infection. Who knows? It, yeah, it's obviously similar, but, but um, it's probably going to be different. It just depends on... I, I, you know, I, I find don't like how similar it looks. Well, yeah, that's that's. We'll save that for the end. Um, the next point is uh, quick time events are back, but this time they will require both players to input commands at specified times, and this this to me just strikes as a, a complete disaster. I mean, the um, the knife fight with Krauser, even if you're a seasoned player of the game, you, you know you're gonna die. It's unless you're staring at the direct area where you know the buttons will pop up, you're you're gonna die. You can, you can just yeah. picture, uh, if it, if, I mean, Ori 5, as far as I know, is going to have online co-op. Fair mm-hmm. enough, that's good. Now, if you have these quick-time events that come in where both characters have to press a certain button at a certain time, and I'm just thinking, right, it's going to be a quick-time event now, press the button when it comes up, kind of routine, you know, and set when's, when's it coming up, and there's, 
I don't know. It just seems like it's it's so open to disaster. And I could imagine failure. that. I could imagine that becoming a serious problem on like after you've played through a few times. You know, it's just very monotonous. Oh no, you didn't hit the button at the right time. And Chris, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not as much of a fan of it. It's just I, I don't know what it is. I just if it, if there's going to be stuff like dodging and such like that, I'd rather it be something that I control as opposed to when I press the button. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little harder to describe because it kind of sounds like the same thing whether I press the button to do a dodge move or press the button when it displays something. But yeah. it just seems, you know, something more like a better version of Resident Evil 3's dodge move if there was something like that, you but, know. But to me, like, um, the quick time events in 4 just sort of detracted from the from the game. Like, uh, used sparingly, they might be good, but, like, that Krauser knife fight, I was focusing on the buttons. I wasn't focusing on what they were saying. You know, right. it's only until successive playthroughs that you know I picked up more of the story. It detracts from the actual game. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay, on to the next point. Uh, the BSAA was formed due to the Raccoon City incident. Now, the question I have for this is, um, well, what organization was were Chris and Jill a part of in the Russian incident? And I think it was 2003. that was covered in Umbrella Chronicles. Well, I mean. The answer's there in the question, isn't it? You said that um, the BSA, or statement, sorry, the BSAA were founded after the Raccoon City incident. Now, 2003 is after 98, so logic dictates that they are part of the organization. However, at that time, they may not have found a name for it, so therefore it was referred to as a, you know, a nameless biohazard containment unit, as yeah, Wesker calls yeah. it. And uh, I think when they did RE5, when they're working on RE5, they thought, hey, here's a name for this place. Barry Super Awesome Army. Let's do that. <laughs> so that begs the question, though, where's Jill? You know? We're, um, you know, in a way, I kind of hope that we find out that she's died in the game, perhaps yeah, some yeah. kind of... Because, I mean, one thing I don't like about the series, in a way, is that besides Brad, it's it's not really good about killing its main characters, and, and it makes the series a little less horrifying. It would be real interesting to find out if in, you know, some flashback scenes with Chris, especially if you can play through some of them, which I think has been hinted at, we see something actually happen to Chris, especially since, uh, not happen to Chris, but happen to Jill or something. I, I think the source of that flashback thing was uh, an email by a voice actor who said he had a he had to, um, it was for Wesker, I believe, the voice actor. He said he had to really um, change his voice for some of the lines, so I'm not really, I wouldn't really say there's flashbacks in this game, but, you know, something. Hopefully he'll mutate. He'll mutate and turn into a horrifying thing-esque monstrosity. And become and a blob. And then the, the blob, <laughs> yeah, and then the fangirls will say, oh, he looks horrible. I'm not going to like him now. <laughs> One can I only hope. I can't draw a Bashonen art of him now. He's a blob. <laughs> Okay, the next uh, statement. Uh, Resident Evil 5 will not end the Umbrella plotline, but rather give you a glimpse of the mysteries that are left from the previous games. So now, personally what I think this means is probably, you know, Spencer's Umbrella, old Umbrella, will be finished completely in this game. And, Hope and in that regard, the last bulwark of the old school fans will be washed away as the <laughs> Generation X you know, nonsense moves in for good. It's here to stay. Curse. You know, it's like, it's like right. farewell as well. I think, I think in a way it's a, the way they've done, handled the story is a little bit of a mistake. 
I think they tried. They're, they're definitely trying to make the series story be large and expansive and go off, but they didn't really go off. They didn't really do it in the right way, in my opinion. You know, because of the transition, you go Resident Evil One, then you went through Two, which I think was a good step. You know, it showed the city suddenly become infected, but then. Like three, I, how we said it was kind of uh, didn't really deserve a number title. It was more like a side story. Mm-hmm. It's like they wasted an opportunity to show more of a progression of Umbrella's downfall, and I think yeah. that's what a lot of the hardcore members, uh, hardcore people of the community, were upset about. Is was you know in Resident Evil Four, it was just said, oh yeah, Umbrella's dead, and you know after at the end of Resident Evil Two, Three. And Code Veronica, all the characters are like, now let's go take down Umbrella. Yeah. And then and they never know. did. Well, they we never f- did. well we finally did in Umbrella Chronicles, but that not really though. <laughs> but I mean, I, you said that the, you know, you said that the the storyline they did was you know they, they made a little mistake. It was a total cock up where I'm standing. All right, next statement here. Uh, he confirms that the inventory system from Four is gone, and it's now replaced with a more traditional system found in previous games. Now in the videos. Uh, the graphics look a bit rough to me, like so. I'm, so I'm not gonna really comment on the general layout of it, but I I, I kind of like the uh, inventory system in four, to be honest with you. But uh, I believe that the reason why they're going to this older system is because you know, uh, with with the co-op, you know, you can't have online co-op guy managing his inventory while the other ones, right. you know. So I, yeah, I, I wonder if there's a limit though with the amount of items and things you could pick up because i imagine with co-op it's much more you know the, the need to pick all up I'm more items say, is a lot more dire what do you think all John? i'm gonna say is is that it may be you know kind of moot to add it in the game because we've got a health bar now but i still want to see the return of the ecg you know i think that's a symbol of, of biohazard you know the fine caution danger sure you got a health bar that tells you how much health you got left but it's just you know an aesthetic touch you yeah. see that there again on the inventory yeah. screen. You see a health nice. bar in all sorts of games, but the EK, the uh, EKG or whatever it is, it was something that was kind of unique. Yeah, I like that. And the inventory system, as for that, uh, I, Resident Evil 4's was kind of interesting, the way they had the case, and you could kind of generally fit more things in there depending on how you managed it. But on the other hand, I kind of agree with what John said. It seems a bit... You know, you don't want to be sitting there managing your inventory, having to just move it around and all this stuff. I think it's just more simple, more clean, and, and just be- better to have some kind of slot system where you just scroll through this inventory and, and see what you have. And I think it should be limited to the number of items you can have. And I think there should be a separate slot system or separate uh, system for, like, key items where... If yeah. you pick, you can pick those up at any time, and I think having a much more limited inventory system, especially if you don't include item boxes in the game, it makes it a bit uh, more interesting to have to sort your ammunition and figure out exactly what weapon you might want to pick up and mm-hmm. keep, or something like that, and so and you know things like that.
Okay, well that brings us off the Resident Evil 5 discussion. Um, but I wanted to give one last plug here. Uh, there's a mod called Dark Biohazard, which I'm sure some of you have seen now. Uh, a man by the name of Dominion has been working on this for the better part of, oh, what's it now, eight years, I believe? Uh, he's successfully put out a few modifications to the game, but this, uh, this marks probably a landmark in uh, his ability to mod the Resident Evil 2 engine. Uh, previously, you know, he'd be limited by changing the backgrounds, but he's figured out now how to change the uh, room data, you know, and uh, pretty much everything. He can even do animations. So I wanted to give, you know, a plug to the to the guys there uh, at Dark Biohazard. The website is darkbiohazard.com. They actually just released a second trailer which shows some of the fantastic work that uh, the 3D modelers see Tokyo and uh, Dominion have done. Uh, so what do you guys think? I know, Chris, you'll probably want to talk about this because I know it's very near and dear to your heart being a friend of C Tokyo and also uh, you know 1.5 the obvious influences so go ahead oh yeah it's it I think it's great it's exactly what I think a lot of the old school members are gonna really like there may be some nitpicks about it and I even have some nitpicks about some of the animation on it but the look it just looks you know old style pre-rendered backgrounds that and C2K C2KO does a great job with them man yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean the only th thing i someone mentioned that having a large amounts of zombies on screen is interesting but can be annoying especially if it happens a lot well and i kind of agree with this i wouldn't put you know i, I think having a lot on the screen can be beneficial if they s place them correctly yeah exactly I'd, I'd hope that they use discretion with that because you know, if if it's in almost every area, it'd, it'd get you know, it just could be annoying. While it, while it seems cool, it would right. just uh, it would just break the gameplay. But I I have faith in them that they know what they're doing. You know, uh, he's put out that mod before, and you know that was fantastic. Uh, John, you have any thoughts? I think um, considering what we're used to seeing today with RE4, RE5, and uh, what Generation X love to play because it's extreme and awesome and fun. I think it's a refreshing change. You know, it's a refreshing change back to the to the good old days. You know, yeah. the, the 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 golden age. It's a, it's a. I think it's more of. It's a monument to the old school days, rather than you know a whole. You know, I don't see it as just a mod. I see it as a monument to an old school era, a bygone age. And oh, that's good. I want to see more of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, all the best to him, you know. Good luck yeah, to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we just want to wish them the best of luck, you know. If they need help in, you know, promoting the game or voice actors, I'm sure some of us would be willing to help out with that. Because oh, uh, I definitely want to see the project with get our done. limitless talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see this project finally get completed. But um, that's, that's probably going to do it here. Um, thanks for downloading and listening, you know. Uh, You've sat through now the entire podcast, so let us know what you think. Go to the Horrors Alive at the-horror.com. Uh, register on the forums. You know we'll we'll have a topic in the on the news section there, so you can let us know what you think. You know, comments, criticisms, anything is welcome. You know, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong, uh, so we can improve. So that's that's about it. Uh, thanks, John, Mr. Spencer from Project Umbrella. And thanks, Chris, 
Alzair from The Horrors Alive for joining us. I am .50Cal. Uh, goodbye. So, um, we had uh, a few of the members play Resident Evil 3 over the past few months. And, well, I fucked it up again. <laughs> oh, this is going to be terrible. That seemed alright. What was wrong with that? I want it. I don't want it to lag. But, alright, fuck it. Let's just pick it up. Do it live! Fuck it. Do it live. Alright. But to uh, to go back to the data. Sorry, you go, go ahead. Ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Are we paused? Um, no, it's still on record, but I'll, I'll edit this all out. Okay. Just wanted to know if I should keep talking or something. No, no. Because I was going to start talking about stuff just out of random just to keep it going. No. But actually, just for the record, I'm not as vehemently against Resident Evil 5 as I make it seem on the forums. A lot of times, you know, I'll just disagree with a couple of points and, and I'll just get so worked up over it that I end up writing a wall of text. Alright, next next question here. Right. Damn it. Alright, next. <laughs> Another Chris is Alzer, who is from... I fucked it up. <laughs> okay, we'll just cut it right there. And... Save all these outtakes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll just cut it there and we'll just... We'll go from where I introduced Chris. Alright, okay. so... Is it gonna be... Is this a finished product now? Are we gonna release this? Or... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I need to edit it. Like when I when I get back from work, I'll be passing out because I haven't slept yet. But you know, like in the afternoon tomorrow, yeah, it should be up on the site. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, I, I dread listening to it. Well, I know. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? just know the fact that you know we tried, and if anybody has any shitty comments, you know. Treat, uh, treat them it's with... our first time. Yeah. I, I feel as though at some point I'm going to get a message from the Japanese government, uh, you know, out <laughs> of blood. It's like, ah, that Mr. Spencer guy! You must kill him. <laughs> or shit on him, probably. Oh, oh man. That was, yeah, that was a bit, a bit over the line, perhaps, there. <laughs>